It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Reggie and Luke back in the lab with another episode of the Superior Sports Talk Show presented by the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. What's happening, Reggie? What's up, Luke? That music just got me ready to rock, man. I'm ready to run through a wall today. I don't know who picked that, but I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I really, I really dig that intro have. music, man. Reggie, we got a lot to unpack today. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive at the Timberwolves. Later on, we'll play yep. What Does It Mean as I put Reggie on the hot seat, plus special guest in our very own Ron Johnson, who's going to help us break down the Minnesota Vikings plan for the draft just two weeks away today. It's all coming up on the Superior Sports Talk Show. But first, let's talk some Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 shades for a fraction of the price. That means polarizing lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. If you're like me and you lose or break sunglasses every week, Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will literally send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what. Give them a try. If you don't like them, you'll pay nothing. Head to ShadyRace.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. All right, back to the Spirit Sports Talk Show. Luke Eminen here with Carol Evans' very own Reggie Wilson. And Reggie, we had a wild one to say the least. Tuesday night right in the backyard at the Target Center. The T-Wolves went blow for blow with Paul George and the Clippers. In the end, though, it was D'Lo. It was Anthony Edwards coming in the clutch down the stretch, leading the team to the 109-104 victory, and in doing so, locking themselves into the seventh seed in the Western Conference. They're now going to face the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. But before we get there, let's take a step back and take a closer look at, at what took place Tuesday night. And Reggie, again, I know you were in the building. I need you to yeah. start with just how big of an impact Patrick Beverly had in that game, not just on the court, but the energy he instilled into that playoff type of atmosphere at the Target Center Tuesday night. Man, it was everything, right? That's exactly why they traded for him. They they wanted to get a guy that had been there before, that had that type of experience. You know, this is mostly a young team. I said on the air the other day at CARE 11, this team is filled with guys who have not been in this position before. Mm -hmm. Guys that are in their 20s. They signed Greg Monroe as another veteran presence, and he's in his 30s. But other than that, other than Patrick Beverly, everybody else is in their 20s. They haven't done this at this level before. Patrick Beverly had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he felt like the Clippers wrote him off. So it was a little bit personal for him. So he was extra jacked up, a little erratic at times. But, you mm. know, you'll take that from a guy that's supposed to be like an emotional leader for you guys. And it's, it's funny because he's kind of like Draymond Green. Like the stuff that he does doesn't necessarily – pop out at you on the stat sheet. I think he only had like seven points or something like that. But he's a spark. He gives you that that mm, that that mm. energy. And, and I feel like the Wolves have an edge to them because of him. And they kind of take on a little bit of his identity. He was able to kind of like 
steer the ship a little bit when things were a little rocky to start it it just seemed like when we were first watching there was a team that had been there before with the Clippers you know so much playoff experience with uh you know noted playoff P if you will <laughs> and you got you got Patrick Beverly on the other side who kind of matched that and so when they came out and they struck the Wolves and kind of punched them in the mouth he was able to kind of help like get them back on track because Cat was a little erratic. You know, the the team just seemed a little bit out of sorts. And he was just, I remember him looking at some of the players like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's do this. And they really rallied behind his energy and his effort and really kind of just were able to like channel themselves and really play to their potential. And it was it was great to see them reach it. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I want to preview this Grizzlies matchup coming up Saturday, 2.30 afternoon tip-off in Memphis. But a little bit more deep dive again on this game. I mean, back and forth again, trading blow for blow, uh, down mm-hmm. six a, 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 at the end of the first quarter. They rally back second quarter, lose the lead third quarter. I mean, there was times, Reggie, when if you didn't know the score, it just felt like the Wolves were down 15 or more, oh, yeah. right? I mean, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns doesn't get his first point until four minutes left in the second quarter. That was on a free throw. He didn't score his first bucket until the third quarter. Obviously, mm-hmm. got into serious foul trouble, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on. Patrick Beverly, again, as you mentioned, three fouls early on. So uh, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, though, really outside of Beverly, was the glue for sure. I mean, he put this team oh, on yeah. his back, 29 points. And yeah. then again, you got Anthony Edwards, just this superstar in the making, 30 mm-hmm. points at the end of the night in the box score. And and as far as just the back-and-forth playoff style of, of, of pace and atmosphere, what was another takeaway, I guess, that you had just from this game that we can glean on? Maybe what we'll see come Saturday uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies? I think one of the biggest takeaways is that the Wolves have the talent to compete mm. with anybody no in doubt. the West. Yep. It's them putting it all together. It was mm-hmm. crazy to see, and it was awesome to see, you know, covering the Wolves this season. They've gone on these runs where, you know, they've won six, seven games in a row, and you're like, wow, like this team has it going, puts it all together. And what I thought was interesting was that they did not have to rely on Cat because they largely didn't have him. He only had 11 points. He fouled out with like seven minutes left to play in the fourth quarter. We know that D'Lo can be kind of streaky sometimes. And it was interesting talking to him after the game. He was just saying like, you know, when I'm having a bad shooting night, I can pass my way out of it. When I'm having a bad distributing night, I can shoot my way out of it. And this was a a game that they really needed him to step up because they didn't have Cat. That's why they brought him here, was to be that piece. And like I said, he could be streaky, but... And it looked like early on in the game, it was like, oh, no, like he he's not he's not there. But he turned that thing on and really became a guy that they could really count on down the stretch. I mean, those big threes in the fourth quarter. He loves it. You know, the, the ice in his veins. He really he really played to that. And it was interesting, too, because um, Ant made the comment after the game. They were scared to guard me. So I took advantage of it. Imagine. Being a team scared to guard Anthony Edwards. Woo! Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? A big um, part of that was in the fourth quarter. He's bringing the ball up the court. 
And all of a sudden, they don't even they don't even try to guard him, and he just goes right through the middle and slams it on all of Los Angeles. And it was so interesting to see, like, yo, like, this is a young superstar in the making. He literally has no, like, idea or thought of the moment. It's not too big for him. He's just like, you know, I'm just going to go out and ball and do me and just, you know, try to stop me if you can. And it seemed to be that the plan was to stop Cat and to fluster him. And they did that. They succeeded with that. But what I think was the cool thing to see as they move forward against Memphis is that they can do that. All right, try to get at Cat. They have capable playmakers around Cat to overcome when he's having one of those nights that he just wants to forget. Perfect little segue again. It, when we break down this Memphis T Wolves again, talent galore. But you just mentioned it, right? I mean, the Clippers coach Tyron Lue kind of laid out a, a pretty solid blueprint. I know you know more about this Grizzlies lineup than I do, so I'm going to kind of tee you up and let you go. But I know the Grizzlies have a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Jerrion Jackson Jr. What's mm-hmm. kind of the blueprint if you're Memphis to utilize that Tyron Lue kind of game plan against? Carl Anthony Towns. You know, it's interesting because big guys kind of tend to give Cat some fits, and mm. it's when he just doesn't care is when he excels, and I think he's going to have a level of I don't care in this series, like bully ball. I think what was interesting in the last uh, game was that they made the decision to kind of bully him a little bit, and Cat did not change up his his play. Like, Maybe get down in the paint and just, you know, strong arm your way into some buckets down low, high percentage shots. But instead, you know, he still tried to, you know, shoot it and, you know, all those good things that usually he's doing well, but just didn't seem to be there for him on that given night. And I think what he's really going to have to do is that is if, you know, he's getting in foul trouble, if he sees the shots are not falling. Get down there in the paint. Challenge guys like Steven Adams. Challenge guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. Look, I think the world of uh, JJJ, I think that he is a, a like burgeoning star in this league. And he's he's got all this length, and he can also shoot, and and he's he's developing his moves as a post player. I think I think he's very strong. Steven Adams. You know, the the Grizzlies have this, like, mentality and have had it for a long time, this grit and grind, like, mentality. They're going to, like, bruise you. And then all of a sudden you got this big flashy guy named John Morant coming through and just, like, yamming on your your family. You know, like, hide your kids, hide the children, (laughs) shield their eyes because he's going to come through and just jam on the whole team. And look... Ja's going to get his, okay? Mm-hmm, no like, doubt. he's one yep. of those players that you can only hope to contain. You know, if you try to maybe turn him into more of a jump shooter, you know, that is a, a recipe for success, I believe. I don't think that he's a bad shooter by any stretch, but I do think that he's more effective when he's attacking the rim and going hard at the basket than he is, you know, when he's – spotting up jump shooting I don't think that's his game and I think if the the Wolves want to you know maybe slow him down a little bit is maybe you know they clog the lanes a little bit you know maybe they put Beverly on him a little bit to to make him just kind of be a pest you know Mm. Pat Bev can get in guys 
minds and and really kind of fluster them a little bit and and just annoy the heck out of them and maybe they do that maybe they put anthony edwards on them you know two athletic guys on each other just you know matching up and seeing what happens but i think it's going to be a a interesting matchup and when you think about guys like dylan brooks you think about guys like desmond bain kyle anderson guys that can just spot up shoot these are guys that the Wolves are going to have to watch out for. And they also are going to need the bench to come up big as they did in that first, well, it's not playoff game, but then the play-in game and down the stretch, um, as we talked about in that last game against Chicago. We think that they have a chance to be good if that bench shows up. A lot of different things that that – are in play, but I'm super excited to see these two teams match up because I think they match up well. And I think that, like I said, the Wolves have the talent to beat anybody. And I think if they rise up to their talent level, it should be a very, very fun and really theatrical series. Game one, Saturday afternoon, tip-off at 2.30 Central Standard Time in Memphis. Again, the series is split so far in the regular season, two games to two, both games going to the home team. Uh, and by the way, the Memphis Grizzlies, red hot at home, winning 19 mm-hmm. of their last 22. So uh, again, you, you, you take a step back, you hear a two-seed versus seven-seed, you think, all right, probably a long shot. But again, the talent, as you just mentioned, that the Minnesota Timberwolves have could pose a serious problem of their Mm -hmm. own for the Memphis Grizzlies. You can rest assured Reggie and I will be here Monday morning to break down all the action in what's sure to be a talented slugfest for the Wolves who play their first playoff game, by the way, since 2018. Coming up, we'll bring in our special guest for the day, Ron Johnson from the Ron Johnson Show, helping us get in the minds of the Vikings front office and their draft game plan. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie through the gauntlet with what does it mean, but first betonline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action betonline where the game starts We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Back in the lab, it's Reggie and Luke on the Superior Sports Talk Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. I am jacked up to bring in our guest today as we gear up for the 2022 NFL Draft, just 14 days away from today. He's a former NFL wideout and Golden Gopher great, and he hosts his very own talk show here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network, Monday through Friday, called the Ron Johnson Show. Ron, how you doing, sir? Great to have you on, man. I'm good, man. Appreciate it, man. This is uh, bringing back memories. I remember one of my first interviews at training camp in Mankato. You shot it for me with Stefan Diggs. It was, uh, I think it was like a quick three. I forgot what I called it, but it was it was early in the fan Cato days up yeah. in Mankato with the fans and uh, way back in the day. Like man. literally, I think Diggs was a rookie 
Um, like 104 degrees out. I'm sure yep. I got the footage yep. in here somewhere, man. I mean, those yeah, were the days, the Mankato yeah. magic, man. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. I texted to I, me, and yeah, that, that's so funny, man. I didn't think you would remember that, right? I mean, I'm oh, just yeah. flying the wall, like, <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Re- Record this interview with you and Stefan Diggs. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, that's great, man. Um, well, great to have you on. You're a busy man hanging out with Spice Adams, all your famous celebrity friends. So. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I love that, man. I love that. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but you guys' relationship. I mean, where did that all start? I mean, we grew up together. That's that's my best friend, man. We text oh, cool. literally every single day. Oh, um, we so like I can probably go to my phone. I haven't been on my phone yet because I've been at work mm. all day, and I got a audition later today with a tailor made golf. Oh, cool. But um, like, yeah, Spice, man, that's my guy. Like, literally, we text every single day. There's not a day that goes by uh, that we don't text. And like, if I don't text in the in like back or something, or because it's me and him and the, like two other friends, and so yeah. if I don't text because I'm busy. He will literally call me or FaceTime me, uh, and if I don't answer, he'll text me that I'm not a good friend or something. Or that's my guy, though. We just we we go way back, high school football, little league. Uh, we played against each other in college, played against each other in the NFL, and uh, he was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding, and oh, that's man. my guy. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Hey, um, Ryan, you got the you got the laugh down yet? The ha ha. Nah, I mean <laughs> I, I I joke with him every once in a while. Like I'll I don't ever like put it out for the public, um, but I do. I mean, because he sent me some t shirts and stuff, so I do. Like I'll mess with him when I when I get a haircut. You know, I'll hit him with the uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I don't I don't have it like he got it, man. He, oh. he he perfected that. That's his thing, man. So I'm proud of him. Uh, but yeah, man, he's annoying as hell. I'll, I'll say that too. Like, <laughs> we we worked out together a couple times in Chicago, and man, I'm like dead. I'm talking about Reggie, like the one we did with Lifetime. Ooh. Man, this this is a boxing class, nine rounds. You got wow. jump rope, you're pushing, jumping box jumps. I get in the car, I'm dead tired. Like, oh. I'm dead tired. This dude is like, it's he he tweeted it out there somewhere. It's a video he tweeted out and put on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I was dead tired, and this mm. idiot like would not <laughs> stop messing with me. He's dancing to the song all loud, pushing me in the seat next to him. And in the video, I didn't even think about it at the time. This is like pre Spice was big time on the internet. Like, so mm-hmm. he's like pulling up old videos now and reposting them. Like, I'm looking at him like, man, if you don't leave me alone, I promise <laughs> you, I'm gonna like I'm gonna choke you, man. <laughs> And so now I'm looking at the comments and people are like, oh, who is that guy? Who is your friend, Spice? You know, oh, like, oh, he, he looks like he's sick of you. Like, I love to work out with you. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you want to work out with him until you work out with him. And he doesn't stop. Like that dude, like we've had, like we spent the night at his house um, and he just doesn't stop. Like I'm literally, he won't stop. Like it'll be two in the morning and he still got energy. And, you know, we're just sitting up doing something. Like we'll be up all night. Our wives are asleep. Like that dude does not stop. But no, it's been fun, man. He's he's a blessing to have as a friend. Uh, he motivates me to do more and be better. So I'm proud of him. But yeah, let's awesome. jump into this Vikings, man. Let, let's start here, Ron. Uh, the Vikings wiped the slate clean and 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 hit the reset button, right? I mean, starting yeah. from the top, new GM, new head coach, yep. brought in a couple solid free agent talents, retained some core pieces on that unit. But from everything you've seen, you've heard, you've gathered from this busy offseason, j- just in general, what's the overall vibe and impression you get when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings and the level of expectations they have in 2022? Yeah, man. So I've been covering the Vikings now for about nine years. Uh, Like I said, Stefan Diggs was a rookie. So I always go back to that. This is our eighth year Vikings game day live. Um, When you think about how 
far this team has come. And I'm biased a little bit. And so when I talk to Spice Adams, I mean, I hate to bring it up. He said Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback in his eye. Mm -hmm. um, I looked at a couple other guys, Reggie Wayne. Talked to Everybody likes Kirk Cousins. The only thing about Kirk Cousins is they, they want to know, does he have that it factor? Right. You know, does he have that, that clutch gene, as people would call it? And I think that's where Kevin O'Connell can help him. So when you look at Kevin O'Connell trying to, you know, treat uh, Justin Jefferson like Cooper Cup, nothing against Cooper mm -hmm. Cup. I think he's a great receiver. Mm -hmm. I do think he's a product of that offense. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson, on the other hand, is a straight-up dog. Mm -hmm. And so you put him in that offense, I think you get even more production. You know, you look at Odell Beckham. Cleveland Browns here wrote him off. Oh, he's done. He's nothing. Like, we can't make it work for him. No, it was the offense they were running. You put him in that Rams offense, everybody's like, man, this guy is good. Like, Odell Beckham is good. So I, I equate that to Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Like, Kevin O'Connell is going to, like, scheme and plot and come up with ways to help this offense. And then defensively, it's always going to be a go, go, go. Like, they're always in that 3-4. It's always an attack mode. They're always coming up with new ways to blitz from a 3 or The 3-4 is one of the toughest defense sometimes to decipher because you can't tell which linebacker is the mic and the mo. Um, I mean, you can identify it, but you might guess wrong and, and identify the wrong guy. And so I think that's going to be the big difference in this de offense and defense is it was so defensive focused. The offense was always a second thought. It was always an afterthought, uh, whereas you had just a coordinator and that guy's trying to get it done. Where now the offensive mindset is going to come from the top down. Defense mm -hmm. is always going to be mm -hmm. defense. And I think Brian Billick uh, did it best with the Ravens. You know, you look at what he did with, you know, offensive focus, bringing that Minnesota Vikings vibe, even though we, we didn't have Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and uh, Jake Reed. So we ran the ball. You know, Jamal Lewis, you know, he had the 295-yard game before Agent Peterson, which I still think is a yard gate. How do you break a record by <laughs> one yard? Right. Uh, two ninety six. Go ahead, and get three hundred. Don't break it by one. Like mm. that to me was sketchy. But come on, Chili. Look at <laughs> <laughs> you look at you look at Brian Billick and what he did, and then you 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 look at the defense. You had Ray Lewis. You had Bart Scott. You had Terrell Suggs. You had Pete Bowyer. You had um, you know Ed Reed. You had Chris McAllister. So stacked. The, the defense yeah. was going to do what it had to do. You know you had um, uh, Mataafa. I mean, you had all these guys. You had Anthony Weaver. So you had the pieces. Mike McCrary. You had the pieces. Uh, Pete Bowyer, even, out of Florida State. So you had mm. the pieces to make this a really good defense. Adelius Thomas from the Patriots. I mean, you had all the pieces. And so what Billick said was, look, defense, go attack. Offense, we're going to try to sustain these games and play in, in play. Not until I think Harbaugh was able to get Flacco is when you really saw the offense take its own, but the defense was always a piece. So here's the same. The defense has always been good, but I think it was overemphasized. It was overspent sometimes, and you had a lot of injured older guys that they were just trying to keep going. And then when guys would get injured, you have a bunch of young pieces, and they couldn't sustain it the last two years. Well, now the offense is going to say, hey, we just need you guys to slow them down. We're gonna we're gonna hit on. We're, it's all gas, no brakes for this offense. And so, I think that's the big key. Uh, when you look at the offseason moves, I think it fits everything that was missing. Um, now the draft. I think the draft is going to be the most important piece. So everything they did in offseason, great, sounds good, looks good on paper. But the draft is going to be the key. You'll see mentally where they're headed. If they get a receiver early. They're going to keep mm. pushing that envelope to try to pass. Mm. If they go get a DB, 
than they are serious about solidifying that defensive backfield, giving Patrick Peterson someone to mentor, uh, a possible starter, you know, day one, you know, um, Cam Dancer probably through preseason, and then maybe Young Rook steps up in game one. Uh, but the good thing is you have a dancer, so you don't, and you have a Chandon Sullivan, so you don't have to force a rookie into the fire uh, right away. And I think that's always key with rookies. If they don't have to jump into that fire right away, uh, it helps them a little bit to understand the speed of the game. All right, Ron, I know we got to get you out of here, but I, I do want to ask you, going off of everything you just said with their draft considerations and the moves that they've made in the offseason, where do you see this Vikings team stacking up in the North? You know, the Packers lost Devontae. We still don't know what they're going to do as far as a number one receiver. Aaron Rodgers is back. You know, he conned his way into a new deal. We won't do that. But, you know, the Lions are the Lions. The Bears are probably going to get a little better, but we still don't know about Justin Fields. Do you feel like this is a chance for the Vikings to take that next step and, and kind of overtake the division this year? Yeah, well, the, the key of that is always you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat and split with mm -hmm. the teams that people don't assume you can win. And it's cliche, but it is the truth. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the division. So mm -hmm. let's get that out the way. Um, Aaron Rodgers is probably top three in the NFL. And that's in my opinion. I know you got these new young guns out there, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Herbert. Um, you got Joe Burrow, but I still think Aaron Rodgers mentally um, and physically is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback out there right now. Now, he did lose Devontae Adams, but when Devontae Adams was out, the Packers still found ways to win. Mm -hmm. um, you can't deny Aaron Rodgers' ability to use his legs. Like he's He doesn't get scared when the play breaks down. Uh, we've seen him run around in the pocket and still make a huge throw down the field, and you're like, oh, my God, like we had the guy, <laughs> and somehow he makes his throw. Um, so I think the Vikings are right there. I mean, they have the Packers over under, I think, 11 and a half mm. uh, with BetOnline.com or Vegas. Uh, some of these sports book, you look at um, the Vikings, I think, was nine um, or eight and a half even. So that was a kind of a 50-50. You know, they're just giving them the benefit of the doubt. I definitely say they're two for sure. Bears and, and Lions aren't, you know, I don't think they're close to the Vikings. I think the mental losses to like the Lions last year in late in games even that's not going to happen i would hope with this team i think this offense is going to have a better handle on being able to drain the clock i think this defense is going to have a better handle on keeping guys in front of them uh where i think zimmer took too many chances sometimes late in games when it was unnecessary uh whether it was a mental mistake by the guy in the call like you know um in the lions game with uh, cam dancer backing up into the end zone for no reason um so some of that stuff i think is going to get fixed uh, but I, I, I do think they have a chance, but I think the Packers are one for sure. And I think the Vikings are in the playoffs, but a wild card. Just incredible stuff by Ron Johnson. I feel robbed. I only got to ask one question, Ron. So we're going to have to get you back at some point. <laughs> one sure, yeah, more yeah. quick one uh, on the hot seat. You're in the war room. Who are you banging the table for? What's the name? Everybody wants to hear it with the 12th overall pick. Who's your guy, Ron? So I actually will be in the war room at wow. TCO. Um, so I've there we been, go. I've been wow. booked by the Vikings oh. um, to do the post-game or post-draft breakdown. And so in order to do that, we are in a remote live feed. It, it's non-disclosure. Uh, we don't have access to paperwork or anything, but we do kind of get a heads up of the what's going to happen. Like, hey, they're about to trade, or they're going to, you know, they're going to pick this guy, or hey, this is happening. Um, so I'll have a little bit of insight to that. So I'm not going to bang my fist for anybody, but I will say this: the fact that Sauce Gardner, everybody's saying now the Lions might take him at number two, mm. which would be the dumbest thing ever the Lions could do. Mm. Um, I think he's good. Kids from Detroit went to my high school. 
Um, it would be a great story, but that happened with Charles Rogers from Michigan, went to Michigan mm. State, Lions drafted him. It didn't work out. Um, I feel like Soft Gardner would be a similar Charles Rogers story. Like it would be a great feel good draft hometown kid. But then if he doesn't like get off early and, and, and ball out, then it's always going to be that question mark. Hey, that was too high of a pick. Mm. Um, I don't think he's Deion Sanders. Um, like that would be the only corner I would bang my fist on the table for. Say you got to go get Dion. You got to get Prime. No matter what pick. Um, so for for the Vikings, if Stingley is there, if uh, and Sauce won't be there, uh, but if he is what you want, go up to ten and get him if you need to. Uh, the Jets have two picks early, uh, but I don't. I would not be if you know. I would not be opposed to dropping down to that twenty. And taking another second round pick from somebody or third round pick because there is a lot of meat and potatoes in that second and third round this year. When you look at how deep the uh, cornerbacks are, uh, you got Kyer Elam out of Florida. Um, I mean, there's a lot of kids that you can still get. Andrew Booth Jr. Um, that you can get in 20 and be a, a, a nice piece, but then also still have other picks to maybe go find another offensive guard that nobody assumed uh, would be there. And you can take them to sit behind the two veterans you have coming in with uh, Ezra Cleveland already there and then the other guy they bought in. So I, I, I do think that I'm not banging my fist on the table right now. I mean, of course, there's a, we have another week or two. Um, as it gets closer, as I start doing more of my research, because I usually get a, a binder for this show where I have like all the picks, all the potentials. The Vikings sneakily send me names and they say, hey, we want you to watch video on these guys, which lets me know these are guys that are thinking about drafting because uh, when we do a breakdown on Vikings.com for them. So and I'm going to do it on my podcast as well. Um, but that's that's where I'm at. I don't bang my table, bang the table for anybody uh, because it's so fickle. The NFL draft is so fickle. You never really know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. You know, you just really don't know what you're going to get when you, you get a guy. Forrest Gump on us. I okay. did. Jenny. Jenny. But yeah, like it, it is. It's like a box of chocolates. Like you don't know if you're getting, you know, caramel nougat. You don't know if you're getting dirt. And uh, that's that's where I'm at. Like, I would love to do that one day, play like milk chocolate roulette where one of them is dirt <laughs> and, and guys have to pick and put money on the table. Loser. I don't know what the loser does or something. But, yeah, that would be a fun game to play like Russian roulette with chocolates. And one of them is dirt and you just got to pick and they all look the same. And that's what you get with these corners like Booth Jr. might be the guy. Stingley might end up being the guy. I like Stingley for the LSU mm. tie. LSU players seem to be NFL ready. Um, that is kind of a I'm not going to bang my fist, but I might pat my hand on the table for Stingley. <laughs> um, I, I, I do like the LSU connection with him and Patrick Peterson, Justin Jefferson. So he would come in right away and feel cut. Daniil Hunter. Um, so he would come in right away and feel comfortable. Um, you know, Tatum Everett. She has nothing to do with the team in the locker room, but she's from LSU as well. Hobie Arteague is from Louisiana, and he's, you know, he 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 does stuff for the Vikings. So I, I just think there would be an acceptance right away with drafting an LSU guy. The cornerbacks coach was at LSU. So that kind of fits the narrative. That's a bang my hand on the table um, because that's a kid you can bring in and you don't have to worry about him not hitting the ground running because he'll be extremely comfortable with his LSU boys here. Um, and then he'll be accepted well in that locker room and that meeting room with an LSU coach. So that's the one I would kind of bang my hand on the table for. 
I think Vikings fans a little burned from Rick Spielman always trading back, especially on that day three. But I, I like what you brought up, maybe moving back into the 20s. A lot of meat and potatoes, guys, 15 to 40, kind of uh, all the same when you start to break it down. So plenty of great yeah. stuff from Ron, man. Follow him on Twitter, at 3RonJohnson. And be sure to tune into his latest show, The Ron Johnson Show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Got a great episode with Spice Adams himself out there you got to check out. We got to get you back soon, man. Uh, oh, no, we'll talk yeah, to you soon, sure, all right, man. Ron? Let me know. Let me know. I'm, I'm down good, anytime. Man. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate it's, you, Ron. Right, Ron no, Johnson. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yep. Ron Johnson. Reggie, lot to lot to chew on there before we jump to our next segment. Uh, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Ron, whether it's the Vikings offseason outlook or, or some of those draft nuggets? I think it was interesting to, to hear him talk about um, – what his friend said about Kirk Cousins. He is such a polarizing topic here in the state of Minnesota. And it's just interesting because earlier when I talked to Kevin O'Connell, I asked him, I was like, hey, do you feel like Kirk has another gear? And Kevin said, yes. And so I'm interested to see him like take it to that next level. He talked about, does he have that clutch gene? Well, we saw it in that game against Carolina. Kirk played great. And and that throw to K.J. Osborne to basically walk off in that game was awesome. That was awesome. And it's like, okay, we see it. He has it in him. It's just a consistency thing. Yeah, I wonder, too. I mean, Kirk takes so much heat, right? It's a lot of hate for not being able to show up in those primetime games or, or, or lead the comeback drive. But Remember, under Mike Zimmer specifically, Zimmer didn't exactly unleash him, right, or let him loose. He wanted to play low-scoring, defensive battles, no turnovers, be conservative, uh, hold on to the football. So, I mean, we're about to see a brand-new version, Kirk 2.0 under Kevin (laughs) O'Connell, who's going to spread him out. You want a receiver? You've banged the table for that in the draft. They very well may go receiver at 12. Load him up, stock him up with weapons, and and let him be the gunslinger that maybe we just haven't seen yet so uh i'm excited man i'm excited for the draft i know you can't wait the time has come my favorite part of the show i'm gonna put reggie on the hot seat covering all the latest hot topics in minnesota sports called what does it mean with reggie let's jump right into it the minnesota wild won their sixth in a row against a really sharp edmonton team and and they're gearing up for a playoff run with just 10 games to play when it comes to the wild's playoff seeding they currently sit 16 points back from the number one seed Avalanche, and they're tied with the St. Louis Blues with 96. So mm-hmm. uh, what does it mean for the Wilds' playoff seeding hopes with, again, just 10 games remaining? It means they need to keep winning. They got to keep winning. You know, the, the Blues are impressive. The Avalanche are impressive. And we want to see some home ice here in Minnesota with the Wild. I mean, they've done – all these moves, Bill Guerin has shown that the Wild are all in on trying to go after that Stanley Cup this year. And what's interesting, you talked about them being tied in points with the Blues, but the Blues actually have six wins more than the Wild, uh, mm. regulation wins, I should say, mm. than the Wild. And so, like, they got to keep pace. They got to they got to like stay ahead. They they need to continue forth with with these games. Got a got a big one against the Stars tonight. And we got to see them continue to do what they've done. I mean, that that showing against Edmonton the other night, Kevin Fiala was playing out of his mind. 
like the goals that he scored were just insane. And it was awesome to see them kind of just take care of the teams that they need to take care of, even though Edmonton is one of the hottest teams in the league and they beat them down. And so, like, they just need to continue to beat them down. It's so great when you have guys like Cam Talbot playing, like, really some of the best hockey of his career in goal. And then you got, hey, oh, by the way, NHL legend. On the other side of that, Marc-Andre Fleury also as a weapon to put in net as well. Like, they have something good cooking here. They just got to keep winning. I know we're only six games into the MLB season, Reggie, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the sky is falling here quite Uh-oh. yet, but they just, they've they only scored two runs in the last two games. Granted, yes, Clayton Kershaw, oh my God, right? Yeah. Uh, perfect yeah. game gets pulled in the seventh. That's another story of its own, but um, let me try to find a positive here. You, you know, Despite <laughs> scoring just two runs right in the last two games, the, the offense is currently tied for second in the league for most home runs with nine, nine home mm-hmm. runs through six games. What does it mean for the ball club's big play? play potential offensively this season from what we've seen so far through these first six games look I'm going to throw yesterday out of the window Mm -hmm. I'm also going to throw Tuesday out of the window Um, it was tough the weather played a a factor on Tuesday and they had a super long delay as well and that can mess up you know offensive rhythm and so look We'll throw those out, okay? What we've seen from them is these guys can rake. You know, you got Carlos Correa. You got Byron Buxton. You got Sanchez. These guys are monsters at the plate. Well, they can be anyway. And it's funny, you know, Correa didn't play yesterday against the Dodgers when they were getting no hit. And we only saw them get one hit yesterday which was just crazy. And then we saw the Saints actually get no hit yesterday. So one hit between both twins organizations yesterday, which was was tough. It was tough. But I think one thing that's promising to me, okay, Chris Paddock, he gave up three earned runs. Not the best, but also, I mean, not the worst. You know, you give up three earned runs and you have a team with the type of bats that the twins have – that's okay. You give them a fighting chance. What I am a little concerned about is this bullpen and mm. the runs that they've given up. Four home runs yesterday. Three back-to-back-to-back to back to back yesterday. Oof. And it's just like, yikes. Like, Oof. what's going on here? You know, like, they got bats, but the bats are not, like, all-world enough to overcome something like that. Now, if you're the Dodgers bats and you got all-stars up and down the lineup like we saw the last couple days, then okay, okay, it's fine. All right, the pitchers can go out and give up as many as they want. No, not really, but (laughs) (laughs) but no, you don't want to do that. Please don't do that, actually. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But no, I, I I think the bats, you know, and we've said this before in our first show, the bats provide enough to keep the Twins in just about every game that you probably want to see. But when you have the pitching giving up six, seven runs a game, like, okay, all right, like something's got to stop the bleeding. But I'm okay with the bats. Like, we didn't see what we wanted to see the last couple days, but I kind of put those as outliers. Let me translate what Reggie just said. 
Take the over. Whatever Vegas has the total over, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't care. Smash the over on these Twins games until they can prove that they can shore up this pitching. Uh, next up, the Timberwolves. They held on against the Clippers thanks to D'Lo, Ant-Man, Patrick Beverly. But Carl Towns continued his struggles when his team needed him the most, failing to score a single point until four minutes left in the fourth quarter and following out, more importantly, with eight minutes left to play. What does it mean for Cat's struggles when the lights are at their brightest and place as one of the league's best centers in the game? It just means he needs to calm it down. Mm. Honestly, he might have been just a little too jacked up for this, a little too much pressure he was putting on himself to to excel because there are a lot of talkers out there. I mean, at halftime, Charles, Shaq, they killed him, man. Like, they cooked him. Like, they did. You know, anytime Shaq sees a big man not dominating, he needs to dominate. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. I didn't know you had that guy, Shaq impression in you. It's very limited. It's very limited. Whoa. Don't ask, okay. Don't ask. Don't ask. But anyway, no. Anytime you see a guy, anytime you see a big man not doing what he needs to do, anytime Shaq doesn't see a guy getting 30 and 30, he's criticizing. And it's yeah. just interesting because, you know, Cat, he can be an emotional player. He's had a lot going on in his life, and I don't want to put that into what's going on, but he just had a bad night. He just had a bad night, but it seems like whenever he struggles, there are people just waiting in the wings to crush him, to to say, like, see, he's not the guy. See, Jimmy Butler was right, and it's just like, come on, man. That's not fair. The guy has really matured his game and matured as a person to become a different type of a leader out there on the court. I just think he was pressing too much. From my on-court view the other night, it just seemed like he was trying to do too much and he was getting himself into trouble. And the more trouble he got himself into, the more emotional he got. And it just spiraled out of control for him. And it just ended in a terrible night. I don't believe that he'll have a performance like that again. And I'm looking forward to seeing him prove the naysayers wrong, prove the doubters wrong. It's time for him to go like LeBron. It's time for him to go zero dark 30 for this series against the Grizzlies. Well, the thing is, too, Reggie, when you say that, it's a known fact now in the NBA. Look at what Tyron Lue did and mm-hmm. game plan to get to get uh, these teams are trying to get under his skin mm-hmm. and and he's letting it work. Right. I mean, I'm not even frustrated anymore. I'm just confused. Like we know what's going to happen. They're going to try to pick at you all game long. They doubled and even triple covered them. Uh, and that's when, you know, you just got to rely on your teammates. Again, you got Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, Pat Bev. Uh, just like you said, Reggie, just calm down. Calm let the, let the game unfold the way it will. All right, last one. What does it mean? Reggie on the hot seat going through the gauntlet. The Steelers and Saints both rumored to want to move up. They want to move up in the draft, probably for a quarterback, you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, two hot names. What does it mean for the likelihood of the Vikings becoming an ideal trading partner? And what could they get in return, do you think, for the 12th overall pick? I think, for one, it means that no matter how weak the draft is perceived with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. teams will still pay a premium to go up and get a guy that they believe in. Amen. And if the Vikings are benefactors of that, then so be it. Let the mm-hmm. guys come up and make a swing and you trade back, get those picks and 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 get some some more depth on the team and maybe strike at a 20. Maybe strike in the second round with some guys that may not have been available to you without a trade up. 
And it's like, look, if you guys want to go and get the quarterback, especially if if at 12 the guys that you really wanted are off the board, let those teams come up and do that. And then you just come down at 20 or 21 or wherever you want to want to take it and just draft the best available player. Because right now I think drafting for need is not necessarily going to be available at 12. If you look at the, the all the mock drafts, which there are like 70,000 of them right now, all of them have maybe some of the guys that the Vikings are tar- – you know, Ron Johnson talked about Stingley maybe banging the table for him. He might be gone. He may go to the Jets. He may, he may go a pick earlier. He may go a couple picks earlier. And if you're talking about maybe taking a swing at a luxury guy like a Jamison Williams or, or something like that, Chris Olave or something like that, Maybe those guys will be there if you trade down. And so if those guys are going to – I look, give me what you got. You said you want to come up to this 12th spot? All right. What what do you got for me? Let, let me see what you got. Let's let's do a deal and, and, and make the best possible deal possible to help your team. You know what I'm gleaning through these first few shows, Reggie, every time we talk about the draft? Reggie wants a wide receiver for the I do. Vikings with that first pick. Ooh, I, I want do. I want a reaction live feed where Reggie's at when the Vikings handed that card and it's a wide receiver. I know you're banging the table for that wide out. Hey, I get it, man. It's a wide out league. It's a pass driven oh, yeah. league, right? I mean, and, and you know Kevin O'Connell's going to spread them out three, four, five wide. We've talked about it, so uh, I absolutely it. love it. Um, all right, he survived the gauntlet once again. Huge thank you to Ron Johnson for joining today's episode. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the hot topics in Minnesota of sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk Show, part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota. He's Reggie. I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Don't forget to spread love today. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.